Chapter Fourteen of Venus Boy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Shasta, Oakland, California. Venus Boy by Lee Sutton. Chapter Fourteen. Captured. Rick stood rigid, his face twisting with pain, a hand clutching his upper arm. A greenish bird hovered in the air, its wings a blur of motion. We are friends, we are friends, bother us not, friend pet, Johnny clicked deep in his throat. The bird continued to hover, its little purple eyes darting back and forth from Johnny to the wounded Rick. Its bloody head stayed in arrow position, but it drifted farther away. Johnny remembered that when he had had an arrow bird on his shoulder, the others had left him alone. He dreaded changing his command, but he did. Come to your friend, he clicked firmly. The arrow bird stared at him distrustfully, but came closer. The monkey dropped back on Johnny's head. With a sigh of relief, Johnny saw the arrowbird's head snap out of attack position. He put out his hand, and the arrowbird lit on it. Are you hurt bad, Rick? he asked. The words made the arrowbird flutter with alarm, but Johnny soothed it by petting it with his other hand. Rick shook his head. Not too bad, he said through clenched teeth. The thing seemed to dodge when you made that clicking noise. I'm sorry, Rick, Johnny said. You just shouldn't have shown that gun. You'll have to leave it behind. If they think you'd harm any of them, they'll kill you, just like that. The monkeys almost got me because of a pocket knife. I didn't know, Rick said. He looked at the bird on Johnny's shoulder. Seems peaceful enough now. You'd better let him sit on your shoulder, Rick. Johnny looked down at the arrow bird and stroked it again. When it was quiet, he placed it on Rick's shoulder. The man was nervous and the bird was worried, but they both did as they were told. They waited under the tree while the helicopter went back and forth above them. Johnny looked at Rick's wound. It didn't look too serious, but Johnny knew better than to count on that. The slightest arrowbird wound could be deadly if not treated. Johnny had seen hunters brought into the colony sick from an untreated scratch. They should have brought an emergency kit, but the kits were only carried in special pockets of the armor. They let Rick's wound bleed to cleanse it as much as possible. Then Johnny bound the arm tightly and made a sling for it from a piece of Rick's shirt. Rick gave Johnny his wristwatch to wear, since his wrist was hidden by the sling. After that, they waited. It seemed the helicopter would never go away. 
once it hovered almost directly above them but then went on while they waited johnny looked over the map the outlaw hideout was not far from the colony as he had feared they had to start soon and make good time but they just might be able to make it to the meeting place the outlaws had set before johnny's father got there there was a fighting chance if rick didn't get too sick finally they heard the sound of the helicopter landing far in the distance taking direction from the map they set out on their way rick's wound was less painful now but johnny kept his eye on his red-haired friend they started out at a fast clip following an animal track which led in the direction they wanted to go in a few hours of steady marching they were a safe distance from the outlaw hideout johnny's idea was working out several flights of arrow birds had passed them by with no more than a glance in their direction one flight had hovered above them while the arrow bird on rick's shoulder twittered and shrieked to them then they had flown off at top speed a troop of monkeys had also let them pass without doing them any harm hundreds of small red apes had followed along beside them for a time johnny's monkey chattered to them from his perch on the boy's head then they too had swung off through the trees to at top speed rick had been awed for he had never seen venus animals so close except when they were attacking at first rick's strides had been long and johnny had had to run every few steps to keep up now rick's steps were short and slow he seemed to be getting weaker and weaker they had stopped and cleansed his wound again at a spring and rebounded but he was not doing well the big red-haired man was pale under his freckles his lips were set tight johnny kept close beside him as they moved forward they had worked out a path to follow that skirted diamond wood groves and avoided rivers it was too easy to become lost in the dense forest and johnny was very unsure of what river snakes would do suddenly rick stumbled he stopped and balanced himself by leaning on johnny's shoulder he looked at johnny with bloodshot eyes sighed and crumpled up on the ground the arrow bird that had been sitting on his shoulder hovered in the air above him making little squeaking noises he flew toward johnny and then down an animal trail that led off toward a diamond wood grove as johnny leaned over to look at rick the monkey jumped from johnny's head johnny stared down at rick saunders face his cheeks were flushed but the rest of his face was gray 
the little monkey sniffed the wounded man and chattered something at johnny then he too ran down the side trail when johnny paid no attention he came up to johnny and plucked his sleeve chattering all the while johnny looked around he thought the monkey was drawing his attention to some antelope berries growing down the path johnny clicked to the little red monkey to gather some when the red monkey returned clutching a cluster of the large berries in each tiny paw johnny took them and squeezed the clear red juice into rick's mouth the man coughed and turned his face away but gradually his eyes opened they were dull and feverish his hand went to his shoulder and he winced in the few hours that had passed his arm and shoulder had already swollen a great deal he raised his head johnny helped him to his feet but when he staggered johnny helped him lie down again on a patch of grass by the antelope berry bush i can't go any further johnny rick's voice was hoarse those birds must have some kind of poison on their beaks that wound feels like it's on fire it's not poison rick johnny explained they eat the meat fruit and little pieces stick to their beaks the pieces get rotten and infect wounds bad johnny remembered that rick was an earthy and had been on venus barely a year there's only one thing to do johnny went on i'll have to light a signal fire with lots of smoke somebody'll see us then rick shook his head slowly no johnny it won't do if those hunters come they'll get you again and they're likely to finish me off you take the map and go on rick's voice trailed away he struggled to sit up johnny stepped forward wondering what was wrong the monkey leaped off his head and bounded into a tree slowly rick raised his good arm and pointed directly behind johnny johnny turned staring at him through a bush was a coal-black saber-toothed leopard crouched to spring friend pet go away johnny clicked in the marva tongue oh if baba were only here the monkey chattered from a tree go away go away johnny repeated then he saw a second leopard a third none of them was his friend the mother leopard these leopards stood almost a foot higher and were solid black their saber fangs were a full foot long these were deadly males hunting in a pack the one behind the bush gave a coughing growl all three slinked slowly toward johnny and rick on silent feet their mouths half open their white teeth shining go away bother us not friend pets 
bother us not johnny repeated the leopards moved smoothly forward their steel-like muscles rippling under the shining black fur frantically johnny turned to rick who was struggling to his feet they won't obey rick run johnny rick said run for a tree rick thrust the boy behind him but johnny would not leave his friend rick turned pulling johnny and started to run at the same moment a leopard sprang through the air high over their heads a split second later he was in front of them barring their way his gold eyes glistening his fanged mouth giving forth a low growl the growl meant come johnny looked about not four steps away was another of the lion-sized cats they were ringed around by the creatures johnny tried clicking again but they paid no attention my arm johnny rick groaned he ran his hand over his forehead which was dripping sweat slowly his legs gave way and he fell in a heap beside johnny the leopards moved closer their mouths wide the one in front was getting so close that johnny could feel its breath blowing against his bare arm then it moved too fast for johnny to follow johnny felt the great jaws close around his middle and he was hurled off his feet frantically he beat at the big head the jaws tightened gripping him painfully as johnny cried out in pain he saw the other two leopards leap upon rick a few seconds later johnny was being carried down the path in the jaws of the monster cat the jaws had tightened no more than was necessary to hold him firmly as the animal trotted along from this strange position johnny witnessed an even stranger sight behind the leopard carrying johnny strode the two others side by side they walked dividing rick saunders weight between them one had its jaws about rick's arms and shoulders the other held his hips and legs they moved along easily their heads held high so that his feet would not drag on the ground then johnny saw that his arrow-bird friend was riding on the shoulder of one of the leopards that was carrying rick he heard a chattering noise and knew that the little red monkey was close by the leopards were taking them some place but who could know where in his odd position johnny could not tell even the direction they were going but soon they were in the patchwork shadow of a meat tree forest here the leopards had their lairs but they did not stop they went on and on johnny kept trying to watch the leopards which carried rick once in a while he could catch a glimpse of them rick's head bobbing as they moved 
he was still unconscious. Then Johnny heard a shout and a scuffling noise. The leopard carrying him turned around. Rick was conscious. His head was turning about wildly, and he was yelling. His eyes lit on Johnny. What's happening? he all but screamed. They're taking us somewhere, Johnny answered. They haven't hurt me yet. Rick was kicking his feet and struggling, making it hard for the leopards to walk. Johnny could see their jaws tightening as Rick struggled. You better not fight, Rick, Johnny said. You can't get away, and they'll just hurt you more. I'll tell them you won't fight if they'll hold you easier. He clicked the message to the big cats. His own leopard turned back up the trail, and he couldn't see what the other leopards did. A few seconds later, he heard Rick's voice. You were right, Johnny. When I eased up, they eased up too. Then he laughed in a strained way. I wish they'd eat us right now and get it over with. Maybe they won't. They said no more. They were coming to the edge of the meat tree grove. As was often the case, the last group of meat trees was beside a river. Beyond was a diamond wood grove. The three animals plunged into the cool water and soon were swimming with Johnny's and Rick's heads held well above the water. On the opposite bank, they dived into the shadow of the Diamondwood Grove. As soon as they entered the grove, Johnny was startled to see that there were several antelope walking beside them. Then, suddenly, the little red monkey he had rescued from Ed was squatting on the leopard's back. Johnny heard a swishing sound almost under his head. By twisting hard, he could see the ground. There was a river snake crawling beside them. Its ugly horned head was right beneath him. It was the first time he had ever seen one. Then his heart leaped. He heard the clicking of the marble language. Johnny twisted his body against the leopard's teeth, trying to see where the clicking was coming from. The leopard growled, and Johnny lay still again. Take the big killer to the healer, the voice clicked. The little killer take to the council. The clicks were somehow different from Baba's, firmer and louder, but Johnny could understand them perfectly. Johnny caught sight of the two leopards carrying Rick. They were turning down another path. The river snake and the antelope took the same path, but Johnny's leopard went on forward. After a short time, the leopard stopped and very carefully opened its jaws and eased Johnny to the ground. It turned and walked a few steps away. There it crouched. Johnny got slowly to his feet. The little red monkey jumped on his head. The arrow bird perched on his shoulder. In a clearing among the diamondwood trees, Johnny stood in the center of a circle 
of jewel bears, their blue nails glowing in the half-light. All but one or two were dark about the muzzle. They sat on their haunches, staring straight at Johnny. End of chapter 14